We start so young. I mean, some of our programs start prenatally, and that's really where you can make the difference. I would like to eventually be able to invest more and more of our resources into prevention so people aren't calling our suicide hotline and needing help in that way. Welcome to another episode of the Interesting People podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shannon Allshire, the CEO of the Mental Health Association of Frederick County. Second appearance. Welcome back, Shannon. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. For people not familiar, maybe they haven't heard the last episode, how would you describe the Mental Health Association of Frederick County? We're an organization that's been around since 1965, and we're here to build a strong foundation of emotional wellness for the whole community. We do that by preparing resilient children, securing vulnerable families, and standing with people to face crises together. Mentioning children. It looks like you actually got your start in the organization in 96 with the Child Care Choices Program. Yes, I was a contractual trainer for them just a couple times a year. Do you have a background in child care? What was that your degree? My background is in early childhood and family services, basically. And so I was the director of all of the YMCA's preschool child care services and contracted with them at Child Care Choices to do some training, early childhood uh, professionals. So you had a background with the Y as well. Yes, we're still connected with them and also with other nonprofits because we all have to work together. No one entity can solve all of the issues in the county. So with your degree, what did you think you were going to end up using that for? I thought I was going to teach. Oh, really? Yes. I ended up graduating in December as opposed to May, and they don't hire a whole lot of teachers in December. <laughs> and so I got into working in preschool and childcare and just kind of fell in love with it. That's an interesting age, so to speak, of working with kids. It is. There are lots and lots of people that say that they could never work with preschoolers. But as the parent of a now middle school age child, I think that the teachers who teach middle school are really a blessing to all of us. <laughs> so then you ended up working with them at the Child Care Choices. What was that? Is that something that still exists in the Mental Health Association? They do still exist. It's a little bit different than when I first started there. But the Child Care Choices program does training and technical assistance for early childhood providers. And they also have a preschool mental health program called PERCS, Partnerships for Emotionally Resilient Kids, where if a child in a preschool or childcare program is having some behavioral issues, we can go in and do some coaching and mentoring with the staff and with the family and make that work again. What the state of Maryland found was that, and actually nationwide, preschool children, four-year-olds, are expelled from school at a higher rate than all kids K through 12 combined. What? Yes. It was like an epidemic. There was somebody from Yale who studied it, and Maryland took notice of it and really has invested in it. But it comes at a time where kids are just developing those friendship skills and those bonds with other adults. And if they get bounced from place to place to place, it can really be detrimental and set the stage for school failure later in life. You eventually became the chief program officer before you became the CEO. Or did you have any other positions in between? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I've had every position there. I came on full-time as the training coordinator in 98. And about six months after I came on full time, the director of child care choices left and I applied for that position. And I was in that position for quite a long time. And like I said, the program changes. We added home visiting while I was the director there. And then I became the chief operating officer. And then when the CEO left, retired after 17 years, we did a nationwide search and I applied and I got that too. Oh, so. wow. 
<laughs> you beat the nationwide. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. What is it about the association that makes you, I don't I want to say lifer, but since 1900, that's quite a bit of time. What's kept you there? What keeps you excited about working there? It's really the stories of the clients, the successes that people can experience, and the fact that we start so young. I mean, some of our programs start prenatally, and that's really where you can make the difference. I would like to eventually be able to invest more and more of our resources into prevention so people aren't calling our suicide hotline and needing help in that way because we're helping everybody on the front end. So with prenatal, is that with postpartum depression? We have a home visiting program that targets the people who are most in need of our services. We have a nationally normed screening tool and a lot of our community partners screen new moms. So it's first-time families and we go in and we can provide home visiting for them over the long term. So it's intensive. It starts at least once a week and we can serve that family up until the child is five or goes to kindergarten. And so it really can increase outcomes for health outcomes, child neglect and maltreatment outcomes, as well as school readiness outcomes for that child. So there's the term ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experience. Mm -hmm. Is that a separate kind of thing you guys work on? ACEs is a nationwide thing. It started actually in California. There was a doctor with Kaiser Permanente who started, he was working with people who were obese, and he found that almost all of them had some type of trauma in their childhood, that there were enough of his patients that he was seeing this in, he thought, there's got to be a correlation. And so they did a study and they asked people who were living in California and probably middle class because they all had health insurance with Kaiser Permanente, what their earliest experiences were like. And they identified, I believe it was seven different adverse childhood experiences, including child maltreatment, so sexual abuse, physical abuse, neglect, witnessing a parent being harmed by another parent, being impacted by incarceration or you know separation from a parent due to incarceration or death. And that study was 20 years ago. All of a sudden, this study has gotten a lot of traction, not just in Frederick and in Maryland, but nationwide. It seems like people dusted off the books and oh. found this again and are really starting to understand how our earliest experiences really color the lens for the rest of our life. And if you've had these early experiences, it doesn't mean you're doomed, but it does mean that you need to do some resilience building somewhere along the line because the outcomes for people who have experienced ACEs are not nearly as good. And we're not just talking about outcomes that you would think, like increase in substance use or increase in mental health issues. We're talking about increases in cancer, in bone fractures, in heart attacks, in diabetes. So it really impacts the whole person, not just the mental or emotional side. Wow. So it's almost like a snowball thing where if you can catch it earlier, it's a little bit easier to manage it. And... Exactly. We don't want anyone to experience any ACE, but in our society, that's not where we are right now. So becoming aware of them, screening for them, and having these activities that will build resilience and enrich children's lives is really important. And you guys are like out in the community doing stuff like that. I know you have just in a little bit coming up like a family coaching open house happening. Are you always trying to get out there to find new people or spread awareness? We are. We we try and spread awareness however we can. We just did a survey, a community survey as part of our strategic planning, and that came up over and over again. You guys have great services, but not enough people know about you. 
It's good to hear that from the community as a reminder, because it seems like every time we turn around, we have more and more people coming in. Mm. But, you know, there's still a huge segment of the population that doesn't know about what we do. And when they hear our name, it doesn't quite describe everything we do. What are some of the other stuff you think people would be either surprised or they should know that you offer? Well, we've touched on some of it, like yeah. childcare, educator, professional development, and home visiting. We also have, you mentioned the parent coaching. We have a supervised visitation center. If a parent, for some reason, can't be alone with their child, it's still important for them to be able to either build or maintain a relationship. It's important for the parent, but it's really important for the child. And so we provide a safe place that's supervised where they can do that. And another thing, too... So this is something I heard you speak of recently. I didn't know you guys had any involvement in substance abuse, the topic of that with especially the opioid crisis and other kind of things happening. One of the things we've realized is that when someone is talking about substance use, that we need to work a little bit on our message because they're thinking if we don't do our medication-assisted treatment or detox, that we're really not doing anything in that area. I can't name any human services agency in Frederick that has not been affected by both the opioid crisis and substance use disorder in general, because in our county, alcohol is still the number one substance use disorder. So the services that we provide, we provide long-term counseling. That's one of them. We do have a walk-in crisis center. So if someone is experiencing substance use disorder, they can come in and we can work with them to develop a plan to get them into the treatment they need. Alternatively, we see a lot of families coming in to walk in saying, I don't know what to do with my adult child. Mm. I'm at the end of my rope. You know, what are my options? And just have somebody kind of walk through, you know, what's available, what their options are, make sure that that parent or caregiver is taking care of themselves because that's really important too, making sure that your own mental health is stable. We provide those supports for families that are experiencing substance use. Sometimes in our supervised visitation center, the reason a parent can't be alone is because of substance use disorder or something that's happened there. Is there a correlation with some of the ACEs stuff or something like that? I think it's a combination. I Mm -hmm. think that trauma has a lot to do with substance use because some people cope in different ways and some people choose that mechanism for coping. Other people choose exercise. You know, it just depends on the person and and what kind of resiliency they have. Is that one of the biggest challenges that's like a new challenge that's facing the Mental Health Association? That is definitely something that we're looking at right now because the state has combined substance use and mental health under the umbrella of behavioral health. So that's something we're investigating. We just started a program working with families that are impacted by incarceration. So that was a new opportunity. We are hearing through that community survey that I just mentioned more and more about school-based services. So as our board goes through our strategic planning process, they have a lot of external data to look at and kind of determine the direction of the agency. So with schooling, is that public schools or are you guys able to get with private schools as well? We've done some with both. We've done more with private schools this year in particular than we have with public schools, but there's always that relationship that we maintain with both entities. Private schools typically have fewer resources than public schools, and we know that public schools don't have all the resources that they need. (laughs) (laughs) You can see the need, but not the ability to go all the Mm -hmm. way. Looking forward to this year, what do you guys have coming up in terms of events or other kind of things that you're working towards? Well, you mentioned the open house that we're doing around parent coaching, so that's one. We have our 20th annual Catoctin Affair coming up. That is our big fundraising gala that will be on April 14th, and Because it's our 20th year, we've decided to go with a kind of roaring 20s 
20s theme and <laughs> have a speakeasy and people want to wear flapper dresses. It's a great place to do that. And like I said, that it's really critically important for us because it raises unrestricted dollars that we can put towards our programming. And then the other event that we have coming up pretty soon is Children's Festival. And it's on the 28th of April. And it's a free day of family activities in Baker Park. And it's geared towards children, very young children, kind of two to eight years old. And then for the older children, there's opportunities to provide entertainment in the band shell and kind of get out there and oh, strut their great. stuff on stage. Oh, that's so awesome. it's all free. It's a lot of fun. Do you use the term unrestricted dollars. Mm-hmm. Do you run into an issue where you get like a grant or something like that can be used towards helping a certain type of thing and that may not be the thing where you actually need the money? Yes, we run into that a lot. And we've worked really hard over the past four or five years to kind of build our donor base and shift that because we know that governmental dollars especially are not really sustainable. You know, different administrations come in, they have different priorities. We want to be able to put our dollars where we know Frederick County needs those dollars to go. People tend to give with their hearts, which is great. We have another program that really tends to attract people's attention called Court Appointed Special Advocates that works with kids in the foster care system. And that really seems to, you know, tell a story for some people. And so, you know, we want to honor that if that's where they want their dollars to go. But we also have the need for, you know, being able to put dollars where we need them to go. I remember last time we talked, you, you you talked about the crisis center. You have a hotline that's open 24-7, but you were hoping to finally get the crisis center to be open more hours. It's it's open. How many days a week is it open? Our walk-in crisis center is open seven days a week, 48 hours a week. So during the week, it's wow. open 12 to 8, and on the weekends, it's open 12 to 4. Gotcha. And it's a big priority for us to be able to open during the week at 10 as opposed to noon because we've really been able to document that need. You know, we used data when we decided on what hours we were going to be open, and it just hasn't come to fruition during the four years that we've been open. And we, because we have people that are coming in, you know, soon after we open looking for services, we know that if we were going to add hours, we'd add them at the front end. The crisis center, that is for people that are looking for immediate help. Correct. Do you guys have another location for where people can just go? I guess less than a crisis, but for advice or information? They can call anytime. We can give them information over the phone. If they want to come in, then the crisis center is the place to go. We don't define your crisis. Sometimes okay. just needing information is crisis enough for people, and we respect that, and we give them the information they need. Everybody walks out with a plan, mm. and then we follow up with folks to make sure that they were able to access the services that they needed. Are you guys also tied in with 211? We are 211 for Western Maryland. Good. Um, so our call center, when we say we just call it the call center, it has multiple lines coming into it. It has some local hotline numbers. It has 211 for Western Maryland. It also has the Maryland Crisis Hotline, which is Maryland's designated number for substance use disorder. And it has the National Suicide Lifeline coming into it for all of Western Maryland as well. And just another reminder, since this is going up around spring, last time we spoke, it was fall. We had talked about the misconception that suicides spike during the holidays. You had told me that that is actually, it's during the spring when that right. seems to happen. What are some things that people should keep in mind as where things will hopefully, I'm crossing my fingers on it, things will warm up and it actually <laughs> becomes spring in the coming weeks? Right. I think the biggest thing for folks to remember is there's always somebody that is willing to listen to you and willing to make a connection. And so if you're having troubles, feel free to call us anytime. If you have a friend or a family member or a loved one that you think might be suicidal, ask them the question. Don't beat around the bush. You're not going 
going to give them any ideas, but mm. ask them, are you thinking about killing yourself? And if you need help in that situation, you can reach out to us and we can help you with that language. That's really important to remember. Thank you so much for giving me a little more of your backstory, more about the organization. I wrap up all my interviews with the exact same question. What has you excited? I really think that what keeps me excited is the same thing as what keeps me at the agency, and that's hearing about the stories of the people who have experienced success. I tell a story sometimes to folks about leaving the agency after a bad day, and I park my car way on the other side of the building as my office, and walking through and hearing children and families laugh together and playing mm. together. And, you know, that's what really keeps me motivated. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it.